This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Monday, May 14th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. USTR vows to continue NAFTA talks. RVO under OMB review. Wave of new leadership at USDA and new homes found for U.S. sorghum. U.S. Trade Representative vows to continue the NAFTA talks. U.S., Mexico, and Canada still haven't resolved some of the biggest ticket items in negotiations to rewrite the North American Free Trade Agreement. But U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer declared Friday that talks will continue. He said for many weeks now, the United States, Mexico, and Canada have engaged in intensive, continuous discussions to renegotiate NAFTA, building on the seven rounds of rigorous negotiations that have taken place since August 2017. The negotiations have covered a large number of very complex issues, especially those objectives outlined by Congress as a part of the Bipartisan Trade Promotion Authority, such as intellectual property, dairy and agriculture, de minimis levels, energy, labor, and more. Expectations were high last month that negotiations were on the verge of completion for a NAFTA 2.0, but much of that optimism subsided as high-level representatives from all three countries continue to meet in Washington. Lighthizer said the current NAFTA is a seriously flawed trade deal, and the Trump administration is committed to getting the best possible trade agreement for all Americans. The United States is ready to continue working with Mexico and Canada to achieve needed breakthroughs on these objectives. Our teams will continue to be fully engaged. The RVO is under OMB review. There's been no shortage of controversy surrounding the renewable fuel standard, but the standard business of the mandate also took a step forward late last week. On Friday, the White House Office of Management and Budget received the next round of the renewable volume obligations from the Environmental Protection Agency. By law, the RVOs are required to be finalized by the end of November, but there's no date set and statute by which the proposal is to be released. The proposal will suggest levels for the 2020 usage of biomass-based diesel and the 2019 consumption of other biofuels. Here's what to watch for. The obvious wish for the biofuels industry will be to maintain a level of 15 billion gallons for conventional corn ethanol. But the biodiesel industry will also seek an increase on the 2.1 billion gallons of biodiesel finalized last year. That was a flat line from the previous proposal. Last year's RVO set the total requirement for advanced biofuels at 4.29 billion gallons, and the industry is sure to look for an increase there as well. A wave of new leadership at USDA. Special Assistant to the President for Agriculture, Ray Starling, a well-known figure in the ag sector who grew up on a North Carolina farm, is moving from the White House to the USDA headquarters and on a building that looks a little like the White House. Starling will be taking over as USDA Chief Sonny Perdue's Chief of Staff, replacing Heidi Green, who's returning home to Georgia. And other staffing news, USDA has announced its decision on several leadership roles at USDA for the Food Safety Inspection Service, Agriculture Marketing Service, and Farm Service Agency. At FSIS, it was Carmen Rottenberg who stepped up to keep the USDA Food Safety and Inspection Service running smoothly when longtime Deputy Undersecretary Al Amanza departed last summer. On Friday, USDA announced that she was the choice to fill the agency's administrator position. 
Rottenberg, who has been USDA's acting deputy undersecretary for food safety since August 2017, was instrumental in rolling out FSIS new swine slaughter inspection system, as well as managing the ban on Brazilian beef after severe problems were discovered in imported shipments. Paul Kicker, who worked his way from food inspector to acting administrator over his long career at FSIS, has been named the agency's deputy administrator. USDA Secretary Purdue said providing all Americans access to a safe and secure food supply is one of USDA's critical missions. Carmen and Paul have been instrumental in carrying out this mission and will continue to lead FSIS in their new roles. At AMS, Bruce Summers worked his way up the USDA food chain over his more than 30 years with the department. And on Friday, Purdue announced that Summers is the choice to be the next administrator of the Agricultural Marketing Service. At FSA, Richard Fordyce is the USDA's choice to be administrator for the Farm Service Agency, and his roots in agriculture certainly run deep. He's a Missouri corn, soybean, and beef producer from Harrison County and a former director of the Missouri Department of Agriculture. Secretary Purdue said as a fourth-generation farmer, Richard brings first-hand knowledge and experience to this role. He said, I'm confident that he will continue to help USDA become the most efficient, effective, and consumer-focused agency in the federal government as he leads this customer-focused mission area. New homes for U.S. sorghum. There were 20 ships full of sorghum on their way to China when the country announced it was slapping a 179% tariff on the U.S. grain. It was jarring, but not a surprise for the U.S. Grains Council, which found new buyers for the sorghum and continues to look for new markets. The group said buyers responded just as quickly to the situation, and vessels were rerouted, albeit at a significantly discounted price, to markets including Spain, Saudi Arabia, and many others. China said the tariff on U.S. sorghum is the result on an investigation into unfair U.S. government subsidies but it's widely believed to be retaliation on U.S. tariffs on imports of washing machines, solar cells, steel, and aluminum. The harder job for the Grains Council is creating new markets and expanding old ones to make up for the loss of China. That's why the group is calling on all its resources to work with buyers in countries like Japan, Spain, Saudi Arabia, South Korea, Morocco, and Mexico. Now the U.S. Department of Agriculture is reporting new sales of U.S. sorghum to even more markets, thanks in large part to the Council's efforts to prepare and keep buyers informed of the sorghum situation, that according to the Grains Council. They continue, Japan and Spain have been long-time significant markets for U.S. sorghum. However, in recent years, they have not purchased substantial quantities of U.S. sorghum due to strong demand by Chinese importers. Nevertheless, the Council has continued to maintain contacts in these countries. China diversifies sugar imports. It was about a year ago that China dramatically raised tariffs on major sugar-producing countries like Brazil and Thailand, and the policy change is already having a drastic effect, that according to a new analysis from the USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. Domestic sugar production is up sharply, and imports have shifted to several smaller producing countries that normally wouldn't be able to compete for a part of China's market share. Now, China is forecast to produce 10.8 million metric tons of sugar for the 18-19 market a year. That's a 600,000 ton increase from 2017-18. 
The country's imports are expected to drop to just 4 million tons, a 200,000 ton decrease. In May of 2017, China increased its over-quota tariff from 50% to 95%, a move that helped cut imports from Brazil by more than 90%. The FAS report says sugar imports from many developing countries and regions are exempted from this safeguard measure and only pay the out-of-quota tariff of 50% as long as the respective supplier's market share is below 3%. Will the real rice please stand up? If your food company makes a product called Fried Rice Bowl, it should, at a minimum, contain a little bit of rice, says the USA Rice Federation. The group's members are getting fed up with companies like Green Giant that sell rice or riced products that have no rice. They are demanding the federal government do something about it. USA Rice President and CEO Betsy Ward told the FDA in a recent letter... We are concerned that marketing non-rice products as rice and placing them in the grocery store next to rice is confusing to consumers and implies that rice is not as healthy as these products. The group says it's received encouraging responses from the administration officials like USDA Chief Sonny Perdue. But farmers are losing their patience when it comes to companies using the word rice on labels for products that contain cauliflower crumples or something else that resembles the southern grain. Paul Galvani, the chairman of the USA Rice Domestic Promotion Committee, said, We told them quite plainly that rice is a grain, not a shape, and we urged FDA to adopt a standard of identity for rice. The agencies agree with us on the merits, but we have yet to see any formal action from them. Well, that's Daybreak for this Monday, May 14th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Nally.